Thank you for tuning in to the Reclamation Church podcast. My name is John, and I serve as youth director here at Reclamation Church in Plano, Texas, and I'm so excited that you've decided to join us today. For our discussions episode, we're going to be joined by our senior pastor here at Reclamation Church, Tom Wilson, as we discuss week one of Let It Go, titled Life's Too Short. I'm very excited for this episode because there is a lot of practical steps that we could be taking as we are still at home with our families, learning to navigate these relationships. I look forward to this conversation. Let's listen in. Well, hello, Tom. Thank you so much for joining us today on week one of Let It Go, titled Life's Too Short. It's always a pleasure having you here on the podcast with us. Hey, John. It's so great to be here again. You know, I I really am excited to see what God's doing through this podcast ministry. And, you know, we never would have dreamed when we started this thing, you know, several months ago that we would have listeners literally all over the world. And so it's just so great to see people, you know, logging in from Germany and Ireland and just all over America and and I can't wait to see what God's going to do through this ministry because I feel he's just getting started. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. God has definitely been providing for us here in this uh, podcast ministry that we have going on right now. And if you're a listener, I just want to say thank you so much for being with us and sticking with us and staying faithful with us as we uh, begin to navigate this whole podcast thing and, and what it looks like. And God has been very faithful to us and he's been very he's been he's just he's he's been there <laughs> for us and you the listeners have been just so loving towards us and we've just seen so much support and we are so thankful for you that being said uh Tom I really want to check in on you how have you been uh since we've last heard from you well wow, that is an interesting question you know <laughs> yeah. uh we are still sheltering in place uh, mm-hmm. but we do see that things are starting to slowly lift to get a little bit back to normal mm. um, you know we see some restaurants opening up and stores opening up and you know there uh, some people wearing masks and gloves and I'm, I'm glad they're taking the extra precautions um, but we're just you know we're kind of just riding this wave and watching what God's going to do and just trusting in his timing uh, some personal updates uh, as I shared last time we're remodeling our house mm-hmm. and We've really got a lot done uh, in a fairly short amount of time. So, so far we have all the drywall put up, the the tape bed and texture. We are in the process of painting, um, working on shower uh, in the guest shower, doing some tiling work in there. And the biggest benefit right now is praise Jesus. We finally have the air conditioning installed. And so, you (laughs) know, living in Texas, it is a must. And, you know, summer is just about here and the air conditioning is a game changer. So, so now that it's not so crazy hot in the house, I think we'll be able to get a lot more accomplished in a short time, but thanks for asking. It's been a a kind of a wild ride the last few months. Yeah, I can definitely agree with you. Like this is such a crazy time. uh, Just, in general, and then to also be working on a house is crazy. So, like, it's it's truly a blessing that you guys have been able to get that house done. That's really awesome. Um, now, I, I really, really love the series that we're in right now called Let It Go. And I, I just wanted to ask, like, what would you say your heart behind the series is? You know, why is it so important for us as a body of believers to understand the important the importance of letting things go. You know, I'm really glad you asked that question because there are certain sermon series that you really feel God kind of moving 
behind you pushing the energy with it. And this is definitely one of those series for me. It's really no uh, big secret that I come from a pretty uh, dysfunctional family. And because of that, um, I've been able to really watch firsthand how holding on to a grudge or bitterness uh, will just destroy your life. And so I am very excited about this. And, you know, what we're going to be talking about for the next four weeks is just that forgiveness. And we're going to really talk about in week one, just having the faith to let go of those small things that just, you know, that the things, and I use the example of pebbles in your shoe, they just get irritating to begin with, and then they can just get flat out incredibly painful. And if we allow those to build up, two things really happen. It separates us from those that we love, and it really gets us off of our game from doing what God has called us to do. Uh, week number two, which is coming up this coming Sunday, is uh, really a big one. Um, and especially for me, it's it's letting go of those big betrayals. You know, I mean, when someone has really hurt you, it's not as simple as just letting it go that instantly. And, and really what it means is it means going into a process with God and understanding what he has done for you and, and accepting the fact that, yes, he has forgiven us, but he really wants us to share what we received and being able to actually forgive those people who've caused massive pain in our life. Uh, week number three, I, I just titled it Holding God Grudges. You know, the truth is God is perfect. He never sins. And so it's it's not about forgiving God because, you know, he doesn't really sin. So, uh, But what we do is we we tend to uh, blame God for certain things, and we tend to question God, and why did you do this, and why didn't you do this, and why didn't you save me, and why would you allow this to happen? And, you know, holding that resentment towards God can really impact our lives, uh, not even just relationally with people around us, but just spiritually with our relationship with God. And so we're really going to talk about reconciling our relationship with God in week three. And and digging into Scripture to find out really that, first of all, we're not alone. That as you look through the Bible, there are all kinds of people who have really, you know, kind of held a grudge against God in their lifetime. Uh, but what we see is God is faithful, and He is just, and He never leaves us in that relationship. And He's really waiting for us to come back to Him. So I really trust God's going to do a lot of work that week uh, through our listeners. And then really, uh, week number four is a, is a big, big one because we're talking about living in the guilt from our past. And really, we're talking about forgiving ourselves. It's it's one thing to recognize the grace of Jesus, that, that He forgives us. But sometimes we still live in the guilt of our past, and we can't seem to let go. So we're going to talk about forgiving ourselves that week. Oh, yeah. I, lo I love that. I love the fact that we are going to go through this study and understand what it means to let go, not only spiritually, not only emotionally, um, but foundationally um, with ourselves as well to own the things that we have not reconciled with. I mean, not a lot of people understand that, but a lot of the times um, when there are problems in your life, sometimes it's not the people around you. Sometimes it's yourself. It's things that you've done. So I really love that. Um, you use Proverbs 17.9 in, in your sermon. I just want to read it real quick. It says, whoever would foster love covers an offense. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. So choosing love is obviously not always the easiest thing to do. So what would you say fostering love looks like in 2020? Yeah, that scripture is just a great, great scripture. And, you know, I think as far as what that looks like in 2020, I think that's a lot of what it looked like even 2,000 years ago. It's just 
I think when, when you have an interaction with somebody else, uh, and the sad reality is it's often people we love the most when there's friction. I think it's just it's thinking the best and choosing the, the best in that person. And that's not always easy to do. You know, uh, when someone hurts you, oftentimes we, we want to just instantly attack back. And I think what we can do in those moments is really step back from the situation, you know, uh, really start reflecting on the fact that none of us are perfect. And so it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when we are going to fail somebody else and when they're going to fail us as well. Uh, another great scripture is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, and this is the Apostle Paul talking. And he gives us a, a really clear message, be patient with each other. And then he, he says this phrase, and I love how he puts it because he makes it very clear that we all stumble, we all make mistakes, he says, making allowances for each other's faults, right? So it's not a matter of if, but, but you're going to hurt the people you love the most. You're going to hurt the people around you because we're imperfect creatures and it's going to happen. And he says, because of your love, right? Making allowances, giving the benefit of the doubt, um, making allowances because of your love, because of God's love for you, because Jesus forgave us, because there's grace for us you know, have grace for others and make allowances for them. You know, something else that I think is so easy to do that we don't do enough is, is when you're in the heat of the moment. Um, I, it's taken me really, you know, a couple decades of marriage to figure this out. But when my wife and I get in an argument, um, it, which we do, you know, we're, we're not perfect. Uh, I really got to leave the situation to cool down. I can get really hot tempered. I, I can be really kind of, um, just mean. If I if someone keeps pushing my buttons and kind of puts me in a corner, I, I tend to lash out, you know, verbally, and, and it's going to hurt people around me. And so, what I have learned to do is when I feel uh, that it's just you know that anxiety's building, is I just I got to step away and I've got to just cool down and let the temperature just drop, you know. And then it's just me talking to God. It's just wrestling it out with him and, and sharing my hurts, my frustrations. And then what always happens is the Holy Spirit then begins to convict me and help me realize what I did wrong. And so I think looking at scripture, communicating with God and just praying through that it is so incredibly important. Uh, it's just not assuming actions. And if anything, it's having the emotional intelligence in a con confrontational situation to, to rise above, you know, the, the gutter of where all that filth and nastiness sits. It's just it's just showing love. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. It is showing love, and love is honestly, it's, I mean, you. I think you highlighted it perfectly well. It's not always easy, especially when it's with the people we love. But what about somebody who doesn't believe in God? Do you think I should be le any less loving to someone that doesn't believe in God? Or do you think the more confrontational approach works for them. Yeah, boy, that is, that is a big question, you know, and, and let's be honest. I mean, sometimes you can get in an argument with somebody or, or you can, you know, uh, shoot the, the, the negative looks or you can roll your eyes, you can cut somebody off on the highway and you don't know where they stand with God. And what a terrible testimony, uh, you know, for driving past someone on the highway and, and you're a total jerk the way you handle it. And then, you know, you, you, you cruise around and you have that Jesus fish sticker or you have that reclamation church sticker. And it's like, wow, you know, uh, we've got to be so careful with that. You know, Jesus says very clearly 
that they will know that if we are his disciple by the way we love one another. And unfortunately, you know, our mission as a church is to embrace those who've given up on church so they can discover Jesus Christ. And let's be honest, most of that is fueled by Christians and churches that have just been mean. And every single time I, I talk to a, someone at our church and they're new, I just, I love to ask the question, tell me your story. You know, let's take it all the way back where you came from and how'd you finally get involved in church? And did you grow up, you know, believing in Jesus? And, and where do you stand now? Um, and, and I'm telling you, a good nine out of 10 times, people always make kind of the same statement is, you know, I, I used to go to church and then blank, something happened. And, and that something could be uh, someone assuming the worst or, or, or you know, harping on them because they didn't look the right part or, or, or treating them bad because they were living in sin or, or whatever it is. But it was a bad reflection on the grace that Jesus shows us. And I think it's such an eye opener for us at Reclamation Church that we need to absolutely see them through the eyes of Jesus, and that is he loves them. He's not focused on on where they mess up and how they, they're not looking the part and how they're not acting the part. And Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, he, he concerns uh, them, himself with their lifestyle, but he desires a relationship first and foremost, and we want to make sure that we're doing the same thing and not pushing people away because the absolute worst testimony we can have as, as Christ followers is, is just to be mean and just to be a jerk in all kinds of situations. And so it's so important that we don't find ourselves, you know, in social media battles or we don't get offended by which politics they like and just, you know, we get all hateful because we're different or, you know, let's not defend our theology with, with anger and hatred and bitterness uh, you know, someone once told me you will never argue someone into heaven. And, you know, that's exactly right. You know, where, where's the fruit and the spirit of that and those situations? You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. We are called to love, to love, to love. And that's what we're to be about um, as Christ followers and, and as a church. Now, the key to being able to do this is we have to have a continuous walk and relationship with Jesus Christ. And, you know, when we are far from Jesus, guess what? We're probably not going to be acting a lot like Jesus. But when we walk really the same path with him and we're in a close relationship and, and we talk to him every day through prayer and we call upon the Holy Spirit and we're reading the word of God, then it's so much easier to act like Jesus when you actually know who Jesus is. And let's be honest, I mean, it's it's not hard for someone who is not a Christian to instantly find out if someone is faking or not, right? I mean, it just screams to them, hypocrite, and I believe that has done more damage to advance the gospel than really anything else. It's just Christians who profess by their mouth that they have a relationship with God, but their actions don't show it. Yeah, I forget who the author is or the writer that said this, but he said that Christianity is the leading cause of atheism today. Like not a lot of, a lot of people in like the non-church world aren't really not Christian. They're more than likely ex-Christian when it comes to that. But on the other spectrum, so we have strangers on one hand and our left hand, and then our right hand we have our family. You talked about family feuds in your sermon and how 
it's increased with the shelter in place that we're facing. So my question is, do you feel like grace is sometimes even harder to show to the people closest to you? Yeah, boy, the family feuds right now going on. Uh, and and it's just, this is not an American phenomenon. I'm sure it's happening all over the world um, in this climate that we're currently in. It's just, it's, it's crazy to think about. And, you know, I, I heard a quote one time that I thought was just so great it's from a guy named Dale Shannon. And he said, we get into the biggest fights with the people we care mostly about because those are the relationships worth fighting for. And I think when we're constantly around someone and we, we tend to just, you know, over time those little things aggravate us and they kind of get us nuts and they, they bother us. And, you know, there are families who are fighting over these these little things. And I think my encouragement for them is just, just to separate, just, just to get away for a little bit. Um, you're probably going to argue with someone you're, you're around 24-7. And right now we're having to do that because of this shelter-in-place order. Um, we're, we're, you know, we're not in the best situation right now because we're not living in a house. We're living in a camper. So obviously the climate for uh, feuding is really right. So what we're doing is throughout the day we just separate. You know, um, my wife typically goes uh, to the barn is where she's been working on her her classroom and, and teaching online and I often go to the house and retreat there to do my, my work for the church and just grab my laptop and you know my son will go somewhere else my daughter will maybe stay in the camper and we just kind of do our own thing for the majority of the day and then we come back at night and we have dinner together and we have a, an, an evening of whether playing games or watching a movie or just hanging out um, and that's helped us a lot you know I think just not living on top of each other 24-7 um, but that's the little things, you know, and and the reality is that the big things are what really um, cause the most pain sometimes. And I, I say this all the time, that family is the greatest source of the most imaginable joy that we can experience. Or the other side of the coin, it can also be the greatest source of the worst pain imaginable. And, you know, whether you have a fantastic relationship with a family member or you have a very broken relationship with a family member, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I think that's because obviously it's like part of us is just broken and it hurts inside. You know, we, we all have that that craving inside to have that great relationship with your mom or your dad or your kids or your spouse. Um, that doesn't always happen. You know, what Jesus uh, shows us and what God shows us throughout Scripture is there's free will and you cannot force someone to love you. And unfortunately, when you don't get that love back, it is very painful. Um, now, this is the true testament about who God is, is he's able to fill in the blanks. And, you know, for so long, I fought with, uh, you know, I'll just say it, daddy issues. And I'm not talking about when I was a kid. I'm talking, you know, here I am, you know, 40 years old and, and I am just dying on the inside because I'm longing to have a relationship with my dad and it wasn't happening. And what I finally kind of came to grips with is where my physical father couldn't be there. My heavenly father was and is. And then even beyond that, God has actually used uh, his family, you know, men that, that belong to the body of Christ who have stepped into that role for me uh, to be that mentor and, and that encourager and that, that, that person that I can go to when I need advice and just someone to love me and, and show me appreciation. And it's, it's not been an easy road, 
But absolutely over time, that pain has been replaced with God's grace. And, and you can get through this when it comes to those family feuds. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, family is hard. <laughs> it's a hard thing to do, even when you're kind of stuck with them in the shelter in place. I'm, I'm reading this book right now called Storm Toss Family by Russell Moore. And he talks about how in the family, there are battles that must be met with the gospel because the enemy is at work after two very specific things that the gospel highlights, our identity and our inheritance. So my question is, why is it so important that we understand the, the importance of not holding grudges, especially when it comes to the family that we're closest to right now? Yeah, you know, sometimes I think we kind of forget that we live in the spiritual world and, uh, you know, the enemy is always at work uh, trying to really knock one of us out. Uh, you know, First Peter 5.8 is such a key scripture and it really opens our eyes um, that we're not alone in this world. And what he says is, be on your guard and stay awake. In fact, the other translations that I see, um, it says to stay sober. You know, and I don't think he's physically talking about, you know, drinking and making an analogy there. But what he's saying there is keep your mind clear and stay focused and be watching because he says your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion sneaking around to find someone to attack. And, you know, we've got to understand that we have this enemy. Um, and, and when it says he's roaring around like a lion, um, the, the truth that we see in Scripture is that he loves to steal, kill, and destroy everything that matters to the heart of God. And, and that's you and that's your family. And, and he wants to take you out. And so if he can just create wedges and, and hurt feelings and frustrations and the big things, identity uh, and inheritance, if he can attack who you are and, and make you believe that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, how can anyone ever love you and just fill your life with accusations and doubts, uh, before long, you know, he could really drive that wedge and move you further and further and further away from that relationship with God. And this is why it is so important that not only are we in relationship with God, but that we are also in a relationship with a community of believers who can encourage us and, and fill us and, and just hold us accountable and be that encourager in our life. You know, when it comes to identity... I love the scripture uh, that we see in 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19, that says God literally purchased us. I mean, he bought us, and the cost that he paid for us was incredibly high. And scripture says, you know, it, it wasn't silver, it wasn't gold, it wasn't things that perish and go away, that he literally bought us with the precious blood of Jesus and so it's important that we understand that, that when He purchases us and we go into a relationship with Him, that, that we are His. We belong to Him. And like Paul said, you were bought with the price. He meant that believers were purchased and paid for with the sinless, you know, spotless perfection of Jesus Christ's blood. I mean, Jesus Himself said that He came to give His life as a ransom for us. And since we were, you know, purchased at such an incredibly high price, you know, we belong to God and God alone. And the great thing is God promises us that, that that's never going to change. I mean, if you'll just look at Romans chapter 8, verse 38, what an incredible verse. It says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And then he just lists it out, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears of today nor, or worries about tomorrow. 
And he says, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love, right? Our, our, our identity is set and our inheritance is set. He says, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. He says, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so when it comes to, you know, battles with our family, uh, the enemy is always going to be at work to try to create divisions with our family. And what we've got to do is we've got to step back and we've got to fall on our knees and we've got to be in prayer for ourselves and in prayer for our family. We've got to be ready to confess and let the Spirit of God do a mighty work inside of us. And, and that means being patient. That means being humble. That means being convicted and understand that God is the one who's going to lead us into those relationships. But we've got to keep him at the center of our marriages, at the center of our parenting, at the center of our families, because that's his rightful place because he purchased us and we belong to him. And the key is, if you've given yourself to Jesus Christ, if, if you've given your life to Him and accepted Him as, you, as your Lord and your Savior, right, that then He has His rightful place on the throne of our life, and, and, and He takes care of the rest. He takes care of the details. And He calls us to let go of these grudges and to not hold bitterness and to drop the accusations, and, and He wants to be honored in our families, and He's got such a bright future for us and our loved ones as well, if we'll just trust him and follow his teachings. Wow. Thank you so much for joining me today, Tom. I, I really appreciate our conversation. I love having you on the podcast. Uh, look forward to seeing you in the office eventually. Thanks again for having me on, John. I, I really am so excited about what God's doing with this and through this series. And my prayer is, is that, you know, as people are you might say stuck at home with their loved ones. Man, what a great chance to, to foster love and to grace and to heal some relationships and, and draw close to people. And I can't wait to see what relationships are, are really strengthened through this time. For more information on Reclamation Church, please visit our website at re.church. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at re.churchplano. Join us on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. via our website for week two of our series, Let It Go. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great rest of your week.